You're listening to the Food Files podcast, the latest from the Oklahoma State University Robert M. Kerr Food and Agricultural Product Center. Here's your host, Darren Scott. Welcome to the Food Files. I'm your host, Darren. And today's guest is Ms. Stephanie Baker, the new quality management specialist at the FAPC. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, Darren. You know, today I thought we would give the listeners a little bit more detail about your role here in the FAPC, um, some of your thoughts on food safety and uh, food quality, just, you know, in general. That sound fair? Sounds good. All right. Excellent. So what does a quality management specialist do? Well, one role of a quality management specialist is to provide a type of check and balance system in the manufacturing environment. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be trying to balance what the customer is expecting versus what the best production efficiency is. So for example, um, if I'm a biscuit company, I could crank biscuits out really fast all day long, but if it's not the right size or color or or the cook temperature is not right, then it won't be safe and the customer won't want to eat it. So right. the role of a quality-focused manager would be to try to implement programs that will achieve the best outcome for both customers and uh, manufacturing efficiency. Okay. They can look for trends, and if there's a special project that might be completed that can drive continuous improvement, they can focus on that. What do you enjoy most about being a quality management specialist? Well, I enjoy helping people. That's number one. Uh, I had past experiences with uh, other staff at FAPSI who mm -hmm. helped me prepare for a food safety audit. And so it feels good to be able to pass on help to other people who might be having a similar challenge and then seeing them be successful is great. Sure. Uh, yeah, I also enjoy problem solving. So there's several opportunities for that in manufacturing. You can investigate customer complaints or products that are non-conforming. You can try to reduce waste or look for a way to engineer equipment that will improve efficiency and sanitation. How do you plan to help Oklahoma food companies um, you know, in your position as quality management specialist here at the FAPC? Well, I'm looking forward to learning a lot about the different manufacturing processes and meeting new people. I can help with a quality management doing internal audits on food safety codes or GMP audits. I have kind of a diverse experience. I have experience in dairy um, and some ready-to-eat meat and also some pet food and flour milling, corn milling. So I've, I've got several different things I have some experience in. And then if there's any special projects that come up, if somebody's having a quality issue, then I can try to be another set of eyes that might help with the project. And then the FAPSI is partnering with Oklahoma Small Business Development Center out of Durant. So I'm working for both organizations. And the Oklahoma Small Business Development Center offers several free resources to help small companies that are starting up and existing small businesses. There's several things that they offer. They have advisors who specialize in taxes or financing or accounting, marketing. They have lots of services. And the goal of this is to provide mutual benefits for the clients who already are involved with FAPSI. They can be introduced to the OKSBDC services mm -hmm. and then vice versa. So businesses who have already reached out to the OKSBDC can have access to services offered by FAPSI. And if anybody wants to find out more about them, their website's pretty straightforward. It's just 
OKSBDC.org. So Oklahoma Small Business Development Center. It can be uh, sort of a a very new thing for the small companies that are starting out to sort of have um, this sort of new world of quality and food safety introduced to them. And so, um, you know, in your opinion, why is it important um, for a food manufacturing uh, facility to have an implant quality manager? It is. It's easy to try to stay focused on being just getting product out the door and you're hectic and there's lots of different things going on. But a quality-focused manager will be able to try to keep the customer requirements and the regulatory requirements implemented. Some benefits of a quality manager are kind of hard to measure. So sometimes it might be that you have fewer complaints or you have less product on hold or you don't have a recall. So those are some things that are benefits that it's just kind of hard to see. Right. Can't, can't, uh, you can't measure the number of products that people didn't complain about. Right. And they, mm. can, they can be proactive and try to notice a trend and see if they can try to take corrective actions before the trend becomes a larger issue. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about food safety, a little bit about food quality. Can you explain what the differences between those two things are? Well, one difference is that food safety is a legal responsibility that companies have to prevent illness and injury. Mm-hmm. so that consumers can be confident that the product they're getting is going to be safe to eat. Uh, some, some of the key components would be like cook time or chill time, sanitizing equipment, and then mill detection and x-ray are common for preventing foreign material. Okay. And on the other hand, quality would be typically going to focus on what the customer specific requirement might be. Some of the Usual important things for quality would be flavor, texture, appearance, or aroma. And going back to the biscuit example, a biscuit can be safe if it was baked to an internal temperature of 200 degrees for one hour, but it would be burned hard and nobody would want to eat it. Right. So the goal would be to find a balance between the food safety properties and the food quality properties so that the customers are happy. So, um, what would be some first good steps that companies can take to address uh, food quality? I think one important thing is to start off with a specification for the finished product. So write down what are the most important attributes of my product and then develop an, an acceptable range for maybe the biscuit should be three inches in diameter and it has to be a circle mm-hmm. and two inches tall. So then you would want to just define what the acceptable range would be. Maybe it's 2.9 inches to 3.1 inches. And then maybe you take that measurement in two locations. And then the height maybe is a minimum of two inches and on the outside and a maximum of 2.2 inches in the center. And then you'd, of course, want to define how often you're going to test, write procedures for testing, train employees, and then keep the records. And you want to try and do the same thing on your raw materials that are going into the product so you can receive consistent ingredients and even for the packaging just okay. to make sure that we get the same thing every time. All right. What's some common mistakes that companies will want to avoid when putting together their food quality plans? I think an important one, especially it being 2020, would be to have a backup supplier. So we may have a trusted supplier that we've used for years and years and we love their product, but something, anything can happen. You know, hmm. droughts, floods, disease, sure. freezes. They can have an impact on their ability to deliver 
raw materials to you. And maybe if you do find a backup supplier, you can order from them like once a year just to have a relationship with them. So when it comes emergency time, you'll have somebody ready. I think training and I think training employees is also really something that we should focus on when employees are new and then every year retrain employees so that when problems arise that we can go back to training and try to prevent that problem. So what are some uh, good first steps that companies can take to address food safety? Well, the first thing that we start with is a risk assessment. So you look at all your raw materials and you think, what are the hazards that are associated with each raw material? They can be chemical, a common chemical is a hazard is allergens. And then physical hazard would be something like metal or bone. And then a biological hazard would be something uh, cook temperature or chill time or sanitation of equipment. And so you do the risk assessment on all your raw materials and you find out what do we need to control in our process. And then you do a risk assessment of each step in the process and think, does this processing step introduce a hazard or does it control the hazard? And then when you find those most critical points in your process, you want to you want to make sure that you control those most critical points and define the procedures that are most important for them. Okay. Well, what are some common mistakes that companies might want to avoid when putting together their food safety plan? I think it can be easy to overlook risks that might be added as processing aids or on the label. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen a lot of recalls that are because the package was labeled wrong or that they left out an allergen on the label. So I think that would be something that companies would want to focus on. And then having well-trained personnel for the backup of the employees that do the normal tasks, just like you have a backup supplier, you want to be sure that you have a backup staff for people who are doing your critical food safety tasks. I guess there's another one, staying up to date with all the changes and regulatory guidelines, code changes, and then there's emerging issues that come up all the time. So that's kind of a challenge to stay up to date on all the new things. Uh, I've heard that you've recently become SQF certified. So could you explain what SQF is and why it's important? Yeah, SQF is stands for Safe Quality Food. It's an audit code for food safety in manufacturing. But it's not just food safety in manufacturing. They have codes that address pre-harvest of agricultural products. They have a code for distribution. They have a code for retail. So they have several different codes mm -hmm. all throughout the chain and of supply. And then the SQF code is accredited by the Global Food Safety Initiative, which is a GFSI commonly called. And so GFSI audits are required by several retail or distribution companies. So it's important to, if you want to be in that supply chain, then you'll need to have a GFSI audit completed. And they also have SQF is one of the types of GFSI audits. They also have a quality code. Mm -hmm. And a few weeks ago, I did go to the auditor training for SQF on the food safety for manufacturing and the quality codes. So I've got that. And um, I think it's, the code is good because it starts with management commitment and it goes through a logical planning throughout um, for a company to plan for unexpected disasters and recalls and, of course, the food safety plan, but mm -hmm. then customer complaints, 
training, GMPs, product development. There's sections of the code that cover everything that's important for a food manufacturer to have control of. Well, you know, it's probably getting close time to uh, for us to wrap up. Do you have any final thoughts or things that you'd like to add? Well, I think just um, the overall goal of food safety and quality is to keep all the consumers healthy and safe. And we want everybody to be confident that the food they buy is safe to eat. All right. Well, thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. I'd also like to thank the listeners for tuning in to this episode of The Food Files. And I'd also like to thank AgCom for the production of this podcast. For additional food industry information, please make sure to visit our website at food.okstate.edu. Until next time.